cold-blooded murder, just for pure sake of killing, is something that we see in a very small amount of people. And most of them are serial killers, people who get off, albeit sometimes sexually, on the act of killing. You don't ever really see people who murder just once for the sake of murdering. The idea of that motive is incredibly twisted and complicated, and oftentimes isn't just one idea or one thing that pushes a regular person, like you or me, over the edge. Betty Broderick, Catherine Knight, and Martin McNeil were all convicted of murder because of one simple motive. Revenge, really. More often than not, murder takes place in the form of violence that sparks its way out of control. Like Brittany Norwood, who just lost it. Cold-blooded murder, murder for the act of killing, not for the use to get rid of something in the way or to release upheld anger, is the most inexcusable form of murder. Cold-blooded, the phrase itself, is a term that sprung from the medieval ages. In the quote-unquote olden days, blood was thought to be the seed of all emotion. So the term cold-blooded was born when emotionless acts began to take place. Almost religious, really. Today's case follows this exact idea. Emotionlessness. How often have you heard a murderer's get get harsher sentences, or paroles denied over and over again for the murderer's lack of remorse. These people, who you have probably walked past in your lifetime, might have just needed the thrill, the experience, the adrenaline, or the reason why not to do it again. Our trip today will take us to Bellevue, Washington, 23 years, 23 years ago, when a family of four was murdered in cold blood. There seemed to be no motive. Did they just need the experience? Well, they just needed the sheer experience of killing. And that's it, guys. Follow us on Instagram at Two Girls and Caution Tape. Follow us on Twitter at Two Girls and Caution Tape. You know what to do. Recommend us to friends, family, whatever. If you don't like us, then that's fine. But please listen to us. Really could use it. I'm Tyra. And I'm Sonia. And I'm Amaya. And Amaya is our special guest for today. We're going to do like a quick little fast, fun fact. Um, so we can, like, you know, introduce ourselves, get into it, and then we'll get, just jump right in. So... I'm Tyra. I I do the storytelling, and I just learned that my cat is so fat that she has to be on a diet, and she's not taking it very well. Yeah. I'm Amaya, and since I just love true crime and murder cases so much, I decided to attend college in Washington State, the state home to Ted Bundy, the happy face killer, and the subject of today's story. Mm-hmm. I'm Sonia. Um, I'm the listener commentator of the podcast. Um, yeah. I don't really know what we had a special fact about, but um, I'm going to California, school in California. We haven't had a murder there, so hopefully... We did. We did. Okay, never mind. Well, um, yeah. We even had it in San Diego, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's just go, jump right in. Um, Bellevue, Washington. Amaya, do you want to talk about what Bellevue is and like what it's like? Yeah, so Bellevue, Washington is actually a suburb of Seattle. I don't know too much about it. Um, I know one person who lives there. Um, that counts. From it's what something. I've heard. <laughs> from, it's something, yeah. It's something. From what I've heard, Bellevue is very high-end. Um, there's a lot of wealth there, culminated wealth, and the houses are very nice. There isn't a lot of crime around, and so seeing murder cases like this is mm. not a normal thing. Yeah, so Bellevue um, doesn't have... You know, it's not, like, a big city. I think it's, like, a suburb of Seattle, right? Yeah. So, like, they've got their fair share of issues, as you do when it comes with, like, a city. But it's, like, this really nice suburb. But they have this very interesting history of murders. And not, like, a lot. Just enough so that way you're, like, hmm, interesting. So if you look at Bellevue murders, the ones we're going to talk about today aren't just the only ones that pop up. Let's get into it. On the morning of January 4th, 1997... Two boys were playing in a park in Bellevue when they spotted, like, a pile of clothes. And they didn't, they didn't think much of it. They went about their day, you know. Sometimes it, sometimes you just see stuff like that outside the road or whatever. Um, but the next day, January 5th, they went back, and they noticed the pile of clothes were still there. And they were like, that's kind of weird. Usually you'd think that someone, you know, maybe, like, a city worker would come pick them up. And so they went to go look at them, and they noticed that the pile of clothes was actually a body. And the body was lying about five feet off the trail and appeared to belong to a woman. So the boys run home, you know, frantic as it would be. I mean, if you're, like, a kid, I'd be like... Then you're going to go tell your parents. Yeah, I'd be like, why is there a body? <laughs> I found a dead body. Yeah. And they called their mothers, and the mothers were like, well, that's not normal. So they called the police, and since Bellevue was a rather upscale part of Washington, this was, like, not really normal. Um, especially because... Um, this was, like, only one person in the middle of a park, and there seemed to be no clues as to who did it. As to who did it. So at 11.30 a.m., the police arrived and began their inspection of the scene, and almost immediately, it was obvious that this was a murder. So the body did indeed belong to a woman. She was wearing, like, actually a really cute outfit. She was wearing, like, 
white t-shirt and a blue jeans and I don't know if you guys know what this um type of shoe is but it's called waffle stomper boots mm-hmm. you know yeah. what it is yeah yeah I do know do you have a pair no. <laughs> I think mean, you would. You would. I probably would. Yeah. I was, those are, I know, I looked it like a granola style girl. Definitely. Um, it's kind of alt-dressing. They're, yeah. like, pretty chunky boots. Okay. They're chunky. Yeah. Like, they're, like, like, my mom had a pair that were, like, her snow boots, but now they're, like, more like a fashion statement. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, so she's wearing those. Um, I, I said in my notes, I was like, I'd wear that outfit today if just, like, out and about, you know? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, um, she was, like, strangled with a cord hanging around her neck. Um, some say it was a cord and some say it was a, a rope. And the autopsy of her body also revealed that she had been kicked, but probably more, like, stomped on, with enough force to break several ribs and to injure both her kidney and her spleen. But other than that, she did not appear disheveled. There seemed to be absolutely no sign of a struggle, no sign of a fight. She just kind of tied. And, I mean, to stomp someone like that, you really have to put some force into it. Yeah. You know, to kill someone like that. Yeah, definitely. People knew almost immediately who she was because Bellevue was just type of, just that type of community. Um, her name was Kim Wilson. She was 20 years old, and she lived only eight blocks away from the park where she was found. So, naturally, the next thing you do is you have to inform the family when someone dies. That yeah. makes sense. So, Detective Jeff... I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. It's either Gomes or... Yeah, I guess it's Gomes. And senior prosecutor um, Patty Eeks were tasked with informing the family just a few streets over. And so Kim, you know, had her parents and her sisters waiting for her at home. And they were obviously, you know, the Jeff and um, Patty were, like, dreading having to tell them. So they pulled up to the house, and Jeff was, like, he, he like, rem- remembered, like, sitting in that car being, like, I've been a cop for 23 long years. This is, like, the worst thing I've had to do. Um, and so he went up to the house where everything appeared to be in order. This was January, you know, 4th or a 5th. So, you know, Christmas lights were still on outside. You know, all the cars were parked, but just, it it just didn't seem right. It seemed to be fine, but there was just something ominous around the house. In fact, all the lights were still off, but it was 11.30 a.m. So Jeff knocked on the door and no one was answering and there seemed to be no activity inside. So, you know, this is like a possible scenario where... It's a Sunday, um, so maybe the family was, like, sleeping in and, like, spending some quality yeah, time Yeah, you know, there. drinking their coffee. Yeah, and, you know, like, Kim's 20 years old. She doesn't need to be home, you know. Um, so Jeff knew, was like, he was like, okay, I have to get inside. Like, I have to follow, like, protocol and everything. Because um, after all, the daughter was missing and now dead. So Jeff was like, okay, I'll just go to the glass sliding door on the other side of the house. And really eerily, it's unlocked, which, you know, makes sense if the family's out and about. But as we learned, they aren't. Jeff opens it and yells into the house, but again, he receives no response. He previously knocked on the door several times. So this is the final straw, and Jeff was like, I have to get inside. So now he draws his gun, he opens the sliding door and walks inside, and he finds that the scene is just two particular particular things. Surprising and horrible. Now, you wouldn't think this, but blood was everywhere. The walls and the ceilings were covered in it, and in the master bad bedroom, two bodies were lying. One belonged to a middle-aged woman determined to be Rose Wilson. She was lying on the bed, obviously deceased, and she had been stabbed in the throat several times with her head, um, I think it was lying to the side, and it had been crushed by repeated hits from a heavy object. Wait, so he, like, came up to the door? He No, he went to the sliding door. Went to the sliding door, uh-huh. and then he decided to come in? Well, yeah, because no one answered. Hmm, I'm surprised he didn't smell anything. They don't even have for a few hours, or like a day, I guess, but... Yeah, I guess, but still, I don't know, I just heard that stories where, like, they open it, the door, and, like, the smell Yeah, but if the door is open, um, I assume that, like, probably, like, other windows and stuff are open, so there's probably some type of ventilation. Probably. Or, and, hmm, I don't know, I guess you're right. Uh, but if it been, it's January in Washington, which Isn't I it, assume cold? cold, yeah. So then there would be heating inside, and, like, if... I mean, yeah, like in a hot like, car, something smells, it would smell more. Unless it, like, turn, it was turned on manually, so if they'd been if they'd been dead for, like, a day and a half at this point, then... Well, I don't know, there's a lot of things to consider, so... Ooh, ooh. Yeah. So, she had been stabbed in the throat several times, and her head had been crushed in with repeated hits from a heavy object. And then, Jeff looks at the foot of the bed, and lying near her was her husband, William Wilson. He had also died from multiple heavy blows to the head, and stab wounds all over his face, his neck, and his head. 
and both of them had crushed skulls due to heavy repeated trauma, and Rose even had stab wounds in her neck that went through and through. So knife goes oh. in one side, blade comes out the other side. Yeah. Um, so what's really important to note here is that William was actually like Rose had been murdered first, and William noticed that, well, no, obviously you notice that someone's coming in and, like, beating your wife up, and you're sleeping next to them. He gets up and tries to, like, stop the attacker, but they, like, you know, they get him, and that's why he's yeah. lying at the foot of the bed. So this could have been some kind of situation where he saw the killing, and then yeah. the attacker went for him. Yeah. Just to make sure. Yeah, exactly. But that wouldn't explain the other body in the park, would it? Yeah. So it's very, very interesting. Down the hall, um, they found one last body had found the body of 17-year-old Julia Wilson. She had been unable to fight back. Oh, no, she had been able to fight back against attackers, unlike her parents. She, along with, you know, similar, um, like, heavy hits from an, from an object, had defensive stab wounds and bruises on her body, as well as broken arms that she received from defending herself. So she succumbed to her injuries. After all, her head had been hit by, like, uh, something very heavy again, and she also had stab wounds in her head and her throat. So this was, you know, four people were dead, the same family. Three people are in the house, one person's lying in the park a few blocks away. It really sounds like their injuries are, like, almost the same. As in, Except like, for Kim's. Head, throat, head, throat. Well, yeah, yeah, the, the three. The inside. Yeah, the yeah, house. yeah. So this family was, um, like, really close and successful. William had been an accountant who was really well-liked by his co-workers, he was described as, like, eager and very loyal, and he was just, like, generally a good person. And he was 52 years, 52 years old. Rose Wilson was very similar. She was perhaps a little bit more reserved. She worked as an accounting supervisor at the University of Washington Library, and she was 46 years old. Julia, she was 17 years old, and she was a senior at Bellevue High School. Is that where your friend goes? Yes. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to Bellevue High School. Shout out to Bellevue High School, yeah. And she was kind of shy, um, but she had a close group of friends, and she was super pumped because she'd been, just been accepted um, at Senior Central Washington High School, so or not high school, university. Duh. Um, so, I mean, we get it. Like, I was super excited to get accepted to schools, yeah. And Kimberly Wilson, whenever I say Kimberly, it reminds me of the Kardashians so much. Oh, <laughs> different guys. Kimberly, yeah, I'm like Kimberly Kardashian, though. Kimberly was 20 years old, and she had graduated from Bellevue High School in 1995, but unlike Julia, she was not shy at all, and she was, she had, like, a super strong independence streak. Her, like, counselors at school said that oftentimes she would get in trouble with her parents, or they, she wouldn't get along with them, just because she kind of wanted to do her own thing all the time. I mean, yeah, me too. I want to yeah. get out of my house. Uh, yeah, I guys want to leave. <laughs> yeah. So she just joined, like, the AmeriCorps, uh, Amer- I mean, I always say Corp, but it's Corps. Um, I guess organization, which is basically like a domestic version of um, the Peace Corps, kind of. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I applied to a job there actually a while ago, but it was canceled because of COVID. <laughs> yay! <laughs> yay! Um, so she actually just spent um, a few months in San Diego, like doing basic training, and she actually just come home for the holidays. Yeah. So in Kim's independence streak really came to clash with her parents sometimes. Um, while Julia just kind of stayed back and like kind of watched it unfold. In fact, on December 28th, 1996, so this was just, you know, like a week before they were um, killed, the police had been called on the house for a domestic disturbance between Kim and her parents. So, I see. things so, weren't perfect. Things but, weren't perfect, but like yeah, everyone else. Yeah, to be the perfect family. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and in a way, I think that's like, you know, if you like, perfect family was Betty Roderick and that did not go well either, right? So she ended up killing her husband. But it's fine. <laughs> but it wasn't even that wasn't even a perfect family. Yeah, exactly. Like you can the what what is a perfect family versus what actually like looks like a perfect family is so complicated. But what is interesting about this is that every member of this family died, but it wasn't any in any way like a murder suicide. Someone else had come from the outside and done this. So who? Detectives were like, okay, you know what? Let's just start interviewing neighbors and family and friends and figure out who these people are and what if maybe they had like secret enemies or something and they were able to confirm that the bodies did belong like to the Wilson family like they were like yeah okay we can confirm this but that's kind of as far as they got the main clue that the police had was a distinctive shoe print that they found at the, at the scene and this print was found in the house 
um, covered in blood, but there were, like, two shoe prints in blood. So, like, they were like, okay, there were at least two people running around here. So, two different shoe prints. Yes. Okay, so two people were part of it. Yeah. But there was no DNA, no, like, nothing with... Well, because the 17-year-old girl fought back. Back. Yeah, but in her room, I mean, of course her footprints would be in there. No, I'm, no, I'm saying if she fought back, yeah. like, I'm surprised that there wasn't any DNA. Like, you know, she cut them. Oh, yeah. Well, these guys thought of everything as we learned out. So that's what I'm saying, that yeah. it might be yeah. pretty premeditated. Yeah. Um, something kind of really strange came forward regarding Kim's friends. Um, and, like, it doesn't seem strange today, but in the 90s, I think especially, it was very difficult and very strange if you were like considered to be goth you know like mm-hmm. you kind of had a bad aura around you or whatever so um this part is probably my favorite fact ever many of kim's friends like to hang around the local denny's in bellevue and they'd spend like hours and hours there and you guys know or guess guess what they'd like to call themselves like they had like a little club name the denny the girls. breakfast club that'd be pretty good no 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 the denny girls no she hung out with a bunch of more guys and girls i have no idea <laughs> tell, tell they me they called them um this, they call themselves the saturday night denny's club that's pretty good yeah I that's that's like it. it's like yeah. a good sitcom name or something yeah yeah but you know sounds great but it wasn't so right um two members Drama. of this club were like the most extreme and they would, like, you know, talk about, like, murder and committing murder on, like, a near-weekly basis. And they were like, God, I just want to okay. kill someone. Yeah. So, um, that's a little suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Like, a group of kids sitting at Denny's. They're like, how can we kill someone? Have you ever thought person? about, like, killing yeah. someone? The waitress just walks by. She's like, here's your eggs. <laughs> Do you want some more coffee? Yeah. Do you need me to call your mom sweets? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're both, they're, they're not, not even, like, 18. They're kids, you know? <laughs> Um, so these two boys are Alex, okay, I'm gonna butcher this name, um, Barani, it's B-A-R-A-N-Y-I, Barani, Barani, I I don't know. You know what, just keep going. It's fine, yeah. Good enough. And David (laughs) Anderson, um, these two boys were, like, best friends, like, they were, like, attached at the hip, and they were both 17, so they were Julia's age. David and Alex are kind of interesting people. Alex seemed to be, like, the popular one, although he had, like, no friends. Um, he was popular because everyone knew who he was, because he just was that extreme, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, people knew of him. Yeah, people knew of him, yeah. He, like, states, like, several times that his only friend is David. He's like, the only guy I've ever really liked is David. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, so David had, like, he was a little bit more, let's just say, normal, because he had more friends, and he even managed to have a few girlfriends, and at this point, he had a girlfriend who actually lived with him, and he's 17 years old, so. Okay, yeah, you know, it's living cool. together. Yeah, yeah. Moving yeah. fast. Yeah, um, and David seemed to be the only connection between Kimberly and Alex, so, like, Kim knew David, and then Alex, of course, knew David, so, um, but for some reason, something happens. So, both were, like, typically, like, considered goth, that you, like, only really see in the movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the black clothes yeah, and the black, black lipstick. Like the black eyeliner, yeah. yeah. They went, yeah, the whole nine yards. They only wore black, and they sometimes wore, like, full drench coats, which, kind of a badass look. Okay. You know, yeah. did you know my mom used to dress like that in high school? Really? She did. Oh, my God. I Your know. mom's, like, a super flowery person. I would not have I know. That. She's changed oh. a lot. Yeah. Um... They, this is super cool, they enjoyed playing Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, which, okay. I've never played that, but I'd be down to try it out. That, uh, I think that was a big thing in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely in, you could, you guys watch, um, what was that last sitcom? Big Bang Big Theory. No, 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 with that bald girl, she had powers. Stranger Things. Oh my god. I know, I did not watch Stranger Things. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I did not watch Stranger Things. But um, they also enjoyed other role-playing games. Which I was like, you know what, you do you. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I was like, cool. I, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Alex had been kicked out several times out of these role-playing groups because he'd always take it way too far. Oh, I see. Yeah, so he'd be like... Did you talk about, like, killing people? Yeah, or... Imagine. Yeah, like, if I think about, like... Whenever I think of, like, a role-playing, I think about, like, Civil War reenacting. Okay. So, you know, well, if they did I, shit like that, then it's like... When you a, said role-playing, I was like... Did you go to sex? I was thinking no, about sexual things. I was thinking about sexual I, I things, yeah. About, I was like, you know when you're, like, little, and you're like, I'll be the mom. Oh, I see. You'll be the dad. So we were all oh. thinking about different things. <laughs> and then, like, 
okay, we have like 17 year olds doing that. Oh. I'm like, I don't know. Okay, so he's no, really like, into role playing. I think and it was taking like, on these characters. Yeah, I think it was like more like fantasy. Um, the two boys also really liked swords and knives. In fact, they were quite obsessed with them. Okay, so yeah, he liked weapons. Yes. Wow. Um, Alex was like really antisocial and quiet, and he um, <laughs> he uh, wore his hair in like a ponytail to be more like his favorite character from the TV show Highlander. And the TV show, like, the character in the um, TV show was, like, a total badass. He had, like, a sword and, like, a ponytail. And he was, like, super cool. Okay. Um, I can see that. Yeah, which I was like, no, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex had dropped out of Bellevue's alternative high school just a few months before there anything, like, went, everything went down. But he still, like, hung around Bellevue's regular high school. Okay. Um, so that way he could be closer to David. Okay. So he has a little bit of a session with David yeah, here. Yeah, He's his only He's friend. coming out. Yeah. yeah. Seeing it. So... The investigation continues, and the boys are questioned, and they, you know, they claim that they were playing video games together at Alex's house the entire night of the murder. And police brought up the shoes and were like, can we just see the shoes that you guys have? Yeah. And Alex showed them a pair of, like, brown work boots, which he was like, these are my only pair of shoes, period. And um, police were like, oh, okay, fine, you know, you're good, we can move on. And then... <laughs> They're like, okay, one pair of shoes, believe, you're yeah, right, yeah, we believe like, you. Okay, makes sense. Police then released, like, the image of the shoe print and showed it to some other people, and then some tips start coming in. First, someone who lived in the same house as Alex was like, or like maybe apartment building, I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure, um, were like, yeah, they were not there that night or that day of the murders. Um, and then one of Alex's friends were like, oh, yeah, he has shoes that look suspiciously similar to the ones that found at the scene, especially the tread. And they were like, okay. So police questioned Alex for a second time, this time five days after the murder, and he confesses to murdering all four of the Wilsons with an accomplice that he was just won't name, period. He's like, yeah, there was someone else there, but I won't tell you who so he is. So we have a confession. It's yeah, probably already. David because he loves David. Well, that's police are like, so who, like, who would you hang out with? And so, you know, Alex is like, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying. But, yeah, I yeah. mean, he might be taking the fall because he loves David. That's the thing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a true love story right there. I know. The events. Romantic. Of, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I probably just like, It'd be nice if you they could just like, like oh my confess God, love. The blame you know? for me for committing murder. I like I think it'd be so cute they could just, like confess love for each other and like move you know to, like, like before the murder happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex and his accomplice. So this is what happened according to Alex. Alex Alex claims that his accomplice managed to lure Kimberly out that night, where they then like you know started murdering her in the park. Then it occurred to Alex, like a light bulb went off in his head, that he was like, oh my god, Kim has a family. And then he was like, oh my god, Kim might have told them where she, uh, she was going, and what she was, like, where she was going and who she was going to go meet. So then he was like, okay, I think it's best to just kill them too. I mean, that makes sense, because I think a lot of murderers, like, don't realize that the family might know, and then they yeah, go like, back yeah, to, like, try like, and oh, kill them. Yeah. But um, they seem to be murdered in such, like, cold blood too, that it seems yeah. a little bit It seems like a little it was, sketchy. I don't know. As, if he killed... Kim first. It just seems like the way he killed Kim, like in the middle of the road. Exactly. In the like park. it yeah. kind of seems like maybe she was, was the one running away or something. Or also, it might seem like it was kind of in the moment. He's like, I'm just gonna kill her now. Mm-hmm. So then, like, why did he think about the family? Like, like. And also, the family's wounds were so gruesome that yeah. you think you would use something a little bit less. Well, it seems like he would plan for that. Yeah. The the one thing that so is insignificant with Kim in comparison to the others is that. Kim was strangled, which um, takes at least, I think, like, 15 seconds or something like that. Where um, So he has to stand there holding whatever the mm-hmm. cord as tight as possible for a significant amount of time. Um, whereas, like, with the other ones, he kind of just brutally just stabbed them. You're right. It was yeah. more the heat of the moment. Kind yeah. Of. Okay. And then he um, he definitely stomped on Kim. Oh, you, I forgot about yeah. that. Because he had broken ribs. Broken right. ribs and, like, her, her spleen had burst and everything, yeah. yeah. So, um, Alex's accomplice were like, all right, we have to go make sure that they stop this. And they head over to Kim's house with the baseball bats and a combat knife. And Alex and whoever the other guy is, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, are like, okay, we have to kill Rose first. So they kill her first by beating her repeatedly with a bat and stabbing her throat. And while this happens, William, her husband, wakes up and obviously, you know, like any logical human being tries to stop it. Um, but then they began beating him too and he died from the same thing. They went down the hall and then killed Julia in a very similar manner to the way that he killed um, their parents. Although, you know, Julia did manage to fight back a little bit. Um, and then Alex fled with a telephone, a VCR, and a CD player and then returned home. 
And this is all from his confession? Yes. Okay. Um, but they did find all those things, items at his house. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, guys, what does the VCR stand for? Um, video... Compact. Something. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> we're, we're such we're the 90s. Young, yeah. I, was, I was going through my notes and I was like, what the hell is Only 90 kids would know. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the accomplice because Alex refused to reveal, to reveal his accomplice. And he even admitted that, like, the other guy who was with him beat Kim while he strangled her. That the accomplice even, like, accompanied him into the Wilson home. So he was like, yeah, I didn't do this alone. But I'm not going to tell you who else did it with me. So I'm. I'm not completely sure if whoever helped Alex went into the home, then helped with the killing, or like if he stood watch or whatever. And so the fatal mistake that Alex made was that he like told police the only person he ever really liked in this world was David Anderson. So, so police the police were light like, bulb. They were like, "Who is David Anderson?" Yeah, they were like, "All right, Davy, let's talk." Um, so there were some other things that like the interview really told them because. Sometimes you do get people that confess these murders with just because they want to confess. They don't really, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, or they want to, like, be in jail or whatever reason, right? So, this is how police were, like, to, able to confirm that it was him. Alex had told police things that only the killer would know. Such, like, you know, for example, like, the way the ligature was tied or positioned around Kim's neck. Mm-hmm. Or um, the stab wounds that the um, um, her family had encountered and he also described the location and like position of each body to the detail and then when he asked when like the police were like so why did you do it he was like well i had murdered i'd been planning on it for like over a year and why well because i was quote unquote in a rut and therefore becoming decadent all right yeah so interesting way of looking at things he's just like i was i just like wasn't feeling it myself. sounds like he was just like no i was just bored yeah, it's yeah, like, um, I would just went to the grocery store to get, like, ingredients for a cake. No, I just went to go kill someone. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I got really bored. I was just, you know, feeling down. Well, I feel like he's, like, he's, like, I need to do it to, like, or, like, to, like, feel, like, myself to again. To feel alive again. But what yeah. was his plan? Like, he was gonna get caught, even if it took, like, a few weeks. Like, he was, yeah. yeah gonna but get it caught. also sounded like he loved the murder, so he didn't even think about yeah, the consequences. that's true, yeah. Um, and, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, did, did he ever say, like, why he chose this family? Uh, we'll get into that. It's going to get okay. very, very okay. complicated. All yeah. right. Let's get into it. Yeah. Police were then like, all right, David, we got to We got to talk to you again. And David was like, oh, okay, fine. I did lie to you. I was Wait, not. What? With, yeah. <laughs> they were like, okay, fine. I was not playing video games with Alex that night of the murders. But you know what I was doing? I was just driving around Seattle and Bellevue, um, in my girlfriend's dad's truck. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... I think a lot of times we hear about whenever someone changes their alibi yeah. or changes like, the detail, that is definitely a red flag. And we saw that in the last case with Brittany Norwood, and she, like, changed and sprung up new mm-hmm. details that, like, convicted her. And that's her. often what gets them, you know? The police yeah. don't have anything on them, but as soon as they change their alibi. Exactly. And, like, well, it gets so much more twisted. All right, give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> this part is, like, kind of, eh. But David, like, admitted to the police that he knew that Alex was going to be murdering someone. Like over a year, he was like, "Oh yeah, I knew he was planning on okay. it." I kind of helped. So he him keeps out. incriminating himself. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And he said he was like, "I'm not sure why he would pick Kim, because Alex didn't even know her. Um, and, you know, it was me who has a connection to her." Okay. You know. Um. <laughs> and then is there some jealousy? Yeah. Um. The only thing, yeah. So the only thing Kim and Alex had in common was their friendship with David, and David was like, "This is all I know." Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> There were some witnesses who were like, okay, let's let's beat down the bullshit here, people. Um, David, you know, but the police were like, okay, David, your interview is going to be just fine. Like, we'll get, we'll let your alibi count and everything if we can confirm it, you know. But then three witnesses who, who lived in the same house as Alex were like, yeah, no. Um, they were like, uh, these boys weren't just chilling and David wasn't just driving around because they had seen the two boys leave together the night of January 3rd around 10.30 p.m., and they were, like, carrying all black. You know, they were very mysterious. But they were all black all the time because that's, like, what they did. You know, but, yeah. yeah. Um, one witness claims that she saw Alex carrying something, like, large and heavy in his sleeve. Probably a, a baseball bat. And so she was like, this is very suspicious. I'll stay up and make sure that they come home. And did they come home? They did. Um, 
around 3.30, but she had gone to sleep around 3 a.m. She was like, I'm okay. tired. Because by the way, I can't stay up past Oh, like yeah, one. I would go to bed. I'd be, like, I'd, be like, I'd be like, it's probably fine. Like, yeah. one is my limit every yeah. night. So, oh you know, God. props to her for staying up until 3. Yeah. So then another witness did stay up until 3.30 a.m., and she saw them arrive home um, in all black. The boys were seen leaving the house in a black pickup truck that had, like, a canopy over the bed. And David's girlfriend confirmed that this truck was indeed her dad's. Okay. Um, and David's girlfriend told detectives that... Um, David told her that he just sat in the car in some random parking lot. but And, like, that he'd driven around a little bit. But when she got back, she noticed that there was, like, um, like the gas... What is it? Meter, I guess? Yeah. Hadn't gone down at all. So they, so were, they like, obviously hadn't driven around. They hadn't driven around And how did far. she notice that? I, just, she, I guess she just like she looked or something like, and had an eye for that or something so police you know because if he if the story that he told police where he'd been driving around for hours and hours and hours he would have been using gas yeah a lot of gas especially living in a city if you're gonna drive to seattle it would take yeah take some gas exactly. you know yeah and i'm guessing she noticed because like if they're teenagers you probably like care how much you spend on gas so like even yeah because yeah, i turn my car on i'm like how much do i have left yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, how long can I ride this one out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah if the gaslight goes on, I'm like, it's fine. Like, I have at least yeah. a few more miles. Yeah, so I'll just exactly. skirt down the hill. Exactly. So I bet she looked and she's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, so after this, detectives are like, dude, you're lying to us again. And so they get permission to search both the houses of the boys. And here's what they find In Alex's house, they find the Wilson's telephone, a VCR and CD player that was from the Wilson's. And even, you know, on the VCR, they found blood, and they determined it to be Williams, which is the, um, Mr. Wilson, I guess. Just the father. The father, yeah. Yeah. So, Alex's fingerprints were also confirmed to be, like, on the stuff everywhere. So, they were like, alright, dude, you, like, obviously stole this, like, you were in the house, whatever. And that was obvious to them. They didn't need to find another conviction. Police also find bloody shoelaces in the trash at Alex's house, which they also turned, determined that the blood belonged to William, so they're like, you're not looking too great. Yeah, I yeah. mean, obviously they haven't really researched how to get rid of evidence if the, the shoes yeah, are in the trash. They didn't really have an idea of how to do it, yeah. Um, I've always thought about that if I, like, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but if I murder someone for some reason. For legal reasons, yeah. this is a joke. Yeah, I for legal reasons, burn. this is a joke. No, I would say, well, yeah, or I would, like, dump in, in like, a river or some shit. I feel like they would find know, it in a river. Find it that, I think burning is the best way. Like, there was a, true, maybe, yeah. like, that TikTok, there was a TikTok oh, I about did TikTok. suitcase. No. no. The Alki Killer? In Seattle? The Alki Killer? Was that what that, yeah. what they called it? Like That's, they, that's the shit that we were talking about before. I know, it yeah. was. Yeah. Like, Basically, just don't put it in the it. water. Yeah. yeah. So that's why you don't put stuff in the water. Exactly. No, but, but if it's, it, like, ashes it's, have nothing. But if it's, like, a shoelace and you put it in, like, I don't know, I don't, we don't really I mean, they water wouldn't find here. it unless they're looking, but I think yeah. it's safest to just, like, get rid of it. Like, dissolve it in acid or burn it. Yeah, dissolve it in acid, yeah. And then put it, like... Because if you burn it, then someone's going to be like, did you find... Did you see a fire in this person's property at like, this That's time? That's true. And then someone could be like, yeah. Like, Can't oh. use Clorox, too, because it smells. Right. Okay, anyway. Okay, yeah. So, at <laughs> David's like house... Psychos. You're good. At David's house... Police find a pair of black and brown shoes, um, like boots, with blood stains on them. And David's girlfriend, who lives with him, which, you know, I think is a little bit creepy, um, confirmed that these, like, belonged to him. And so DNA tests were done on the boots, and the blood was determined to be William and Julia Wilson's. Okay, so that's pretty incriminating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's pretty much yeah. done deal right there. Yeah. And obviously he doesn't have only one pair of shoes. Yeah, and then David's like, David's like, but I wasn't there. Yeah. I bet you guys, if you hear, like, screaming in the background, that's just because my house is haunted, but it's fine. I'm dealing with it. We live in peace with the ghosts. Yeah, we do. Um, Julia's bloodstains were, like, laid out, or, like, I guess were splattered on the boots, so that way forensic analysis could determine how far he was to her, like, or how okay. close. That's really cool, So, actually. yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I want to know how to do that. David must have been at least, you know, within a few feet, feet when the blood splattered on her. So he was there. Yeah, he was 100% there, yeah. So, police keep investigating. At this point, they're like, it's definitely these two, but we have to, like, secure a good way to convict them and arrest them and everything. So, police kept asking people about the two boys, like, who knew them. And some really surprising things come up. In 1995, which, you know, I just think that's, like, you know, five years ago. That was 25 years ago, just for a little reference, for reference. 
David and Alex had been playing the murderers already at that point, and they were showing people how many knives and swords and stuff they had. They were like, come, you want to see my knife collection? I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, time to <laughs> get out of I'd be like, yeah. I have to go, um, like, brush my cat. Yeah, you like know, yeah. I, I really need to sew some new clothes for the homeless mice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my life is just so busy. Yeah. yeah. Gotta go. So, um... <laughs> Kim, like, actually knew of their plans to kill someone because they would, like, openly talk about it. No. And she actually had plans to, like, confront them about it and then try and dissuade them from doing it. And did they know that she wanted to confront them? I don't know. That's a good question. That's I good think question. they learned afterwards. Okay. Or if they, because it probably came up during the trial. So they didn't kill her because she wanted them to stop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> David and Alex were like, okay, they're like a pretend- we have to make like a, like a little hit list. Like, who could we kill? And Kim, Wilson, Kim, Kimberly Wilson's name was on it, but not the rest of her family. That kind of came afterwards. They kind of had this idea that they only needed to kill one person in order to like feel the emotion yeah. or whatever. But that kind of went too far, I think. Um, detectives searched that truck that David had the night of the murder, and they find a few really weird things. First of all, this is so funny. They find like a cut portion of like a t-shirt and um, they, like, they found this, like the, I guess the second half of that shirt um, in Julia's bedroom and Alex was like, yeah, it's because I used it as a headgear. Oh. Yeah, as like a headband or something, but he used the word headgear. All right. Yeah, so I was like, okay. And he's wow. like, and I lost it at the house. <laughs> so I was like, why? Um, they also found some rope, which was the same one that had been used to choke Kim. Or to strangle Kim, yeah. They also found some socks, which had technically belonged to the girlfriend's, David's girlfriend's dad, because he just, he'd like, cut socks in there, which, you know, sure, okay. yeah. Might need them. Yeah. Some fresh ones. Yeah, and Alex said that he wore the socks on his hands while in the Wilson house to, like, try and, like, disguise his... To cover up yeah. fingerprints or that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Smart. So police were like, dude, we gotta keep interviewing you guys. So David claimed in another interview that he had not spoken or seen Kimberly in over a year, but this was obviously a lie. And guys, I'm telling you, shit's about to go down. The first thing that they figured is that Kim actually let David borrow money from her, and David owed her about five hundred dollars. And Kim was like, "I need to. You have to pay. You have to pay it back by September nineteen ninety six, or I will bring down some legal action against you." And so by the time January rolled around of nineteen ninety seven. Things weren't going so great. In fact, David was pretty mad that she was so persistent about him paying her back. So he was like, guess I gotta kill her. So she automatically moved to the top of the hit list. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, dude, $500 is a lot of money, but it's not something to, like, kill someone over, like, without having to pay. Like, come That's on. true. But yeah. I mean, yeah. it was the $500 plus his own desire to just and kill And he someone. was obsessed with mm-hmm. murdering someone. Yeah. This is true. And the next thing that comes up is, like, super, super strange. In the Wilson house... Several photos of David were found. This was because... Anyone want to guess? Did it have something to do with the sister? Uh, Julia? No. Kim did like David. Yeah! Oh my god! David and Kim had actually dated on and off for a while. But then again, um, David was three years younger than she was. Does that fine? It's not a big deal. It's like it a freshman and dating... Yeah. yeah, it's like a freshman dating senior. It's not a big deal, but... David often complained to his friends that she wouldn't want to have sex with him. And so while he was complaining with to his friends, he was like, God, I could just kill her. It's so annoying. You know? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. A little far, but and then all right. David would often, like, he said he'd, like, imagine a scenario where Alex would, like, lure her out. And then David would come strangle or stab her to death. And then, um, this, this, well, this, this is going to hit you hard at home. Kim had just recently come out to her friends as gay. Okay. And that's why she didn't want to have sex with him, because she's All like, right. I don't like dicks. That's fucking gross. Okay. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well. But she was, but that's why David was like, God, she's fucking lesbian. Yeah, you know? so he was freaked Especially out. Especially back know? then, It was too. the 90s. Yeah. I mean, things are coming around. It was kind of new. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of accepted, but that not was, widely yeah. accepted. That was, it was just, like, he kind of hated the fact that she didn't really want to have sex with him, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like, it, he, I don't think it really bothered him that she was a lesbian, but it bothered him that she, she didn't like, that like her and him. Yeah. yeah. Which, dude, if that's how fragile your ego is, get over it. I know. Yeah. So, you know, this this next part is called Arrests, Trials, and More. 
Um, David continued to deny his involvement in the murders, but police were like, don't stop. They're like, you're gonna, you're gonna get it. So they arrested him and, like, they were like, we have more than enough evidence, just give up at this point. David was like, I will never. So both David and Alex were 17 at the time of the murders and they were going to be tried together and as adults because what they did was absolutely horrific. The trial began in October of 1998, but stopped after Washington made it easier to get, like, a mental deficiency as, not an excuse, but, like, a, mm-hmm. uh, a thing to, like, you know, rec- like, something consider. that they could use. Yeah. So, both the boys were analyzed by psychologists, and they determined that Alex had been living with bipolar disorder, and after this, the two boys were tried separately because they couldn't use the mental deficiency thing for David, because David was normal, he was just a freaking idiot, mm-hmm. and an asshole. So, psychologist Dr. Karen Fromming was put on the stand, and her testimony was, like, the most important thing ever. She'd actually gotten quite close to Alex, because she's, like, a psych... She's, like, um... She's a professional, mental health professional. And she said that Alex's life was actually going pretty well before the murders. Um, and it might have, like, turned around and, like, she would he would have been fine. The day before the murders, um, he'd just gotten a raise at his construction job. His boss even told him, like, how much he admired his worth ethic, and how he was, like, doing such a good job. Um, that same day, though, David told him, he was like, the plan is on for tonight. And the plan mm-hmm. was to kill Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alex's life beforehand was kind of rough. Alex's only joy really was working and his friend David. Those were only, only two things that he really cared about. Alex relied on David for anything. And he would basically do anything and everything for um, for him. Because Alex was kind of like, kind of like in love. I don't know if it was like... Infatuation. Yeah, it's like love. infatuation yeah, love. Okay. Yeah. And Alex had told his mother that he was depressed and suicidal and that he only found joy in his work and David. Okay. Yeah. So Dr. Fahmy was able to determine that Alex couldn't really tell the difference between role playing and real life. So getting to kill someone was like the ultimate role play. Mm-hmm. Which that's like really sad. It is really sad. Yeah. He didn't understand the, the, the full extent of it. Yeah. So Alex also told Dr. Fromming that he had, that he was the one who had beaten Julia and strangled Kimberly, and that David had beaten William and Rose with an aluminum baseball bat. So, so I don't, which explains the yeah head trauma. I just, I don't think that's true. I think that David killed um, Kimberly because David was the one who like dated yeah. her and whatever. And yeah, but whatever. Maybe he was always just trying to protect Alex. Still. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could believe it since yeah. he was so infatuated. Yeah. Alex's parents were there in, like, the uh, the courtroom, and his dad was, like, just like you, very fidgety, Sonia. <laughs> yeah. And his mother concentrated on her, like, needlework, and she was doing some needlework um, having to do with, like, the 23rd Psalm. So she was kind of, like, a religious person, and having a kid be goth is not really the ideal yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's going but not against... something you are proud of. Yeah. Um, after only three weeks, the jury found Alex guilty of four counts of first-degree murder, and he was given four consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole, so he was never getting out. And when asked if he had anything to say to the Wilson family, he said, no, I don't think so. Wow. He's, like, I feel- mentally, he's just not- He's not okay. I feel really bad for him. Like, I just, like, it's not right what he did, but by no means, but, like, he's not- doing great but there's also the question of he he didn't understand he doesn't understand how it was wrong yeah so just a week later um david's trial started and david was like trying to play himself off as like this charming man who just wanted a little bit of revenge you know okay um i hate that but all right i think he went with that move yeah um because it sounds like he wants to sound innocent he was 17 but he had a long list of ex-girlfriends and they probably realized that there was too much evidence for him to be able to yeah. Go any other direction. Yeah. So according to the prosecution, um, Kim had had a crush on David, even though he was three years younger. But he had, like, found her, like, unattractive. And, like, she he was, like, had this attitude that she was lucky to know him, you know. And he was, like, mm-hmm. he didn't really want her to associate him, so associate herself with him. But then he was, like, but I can use, like, her infatuation with me to take money from her. That's why he okay. had the money issue. Yeah. Then Kim grew up and was like, I'm too good for you, and demanded the money back. That's when he got really upset. And then he murdered her. Yeah, because he's a pussy little bitch. Okay. <laughs> Do we need to put a censor on this episode? <laughs> yeah, I always feel like I was like, explicit warning. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, the prosecution 
basically was like he got so mad when she asked the money back that he was like filled with rage to not only kill her but destroy everything associated with her yeah that's that's pretty intense yeah that's a stretch yeah so unlike alex david throughout this was like i did not do shit i didn't do anything you know Mm -hmm. yeah and he did not confess to anybody well unlike alex who kind of confessed to the police and then kind of confessed to doctor doctor yeah um, Froming, yeah so this was like really really annoying so the prosecution was like oh come on so they had to rely on physical evidence so like yeah. blood fingerprints whatever yeah um the trial was filled with like ups and downs at one point david was like i want a new lawyer but he was denied this motion and he claimed that his lawyer was not taking his advice on how to cross-examine witnesses because at 17. Cause he's now a lawyer. Cause he, yes, because he did graduate law school. He has a law degree. That's wow. true, yeah. The ego on this man. I know. <laughs> so the jury was divided, actually, because some of them were like, yes, he obviously is guilty. And some of them were like, no. And so the jury was divided. And one month into the trial, a jury member was dismissed because they had called David guilty when discussing the case with another jury member. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, which isn't, like, it's not the right thing to do, but at the same time, it's, like, he definitely he was. He is guilty. Yeah. 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 So, they called upon several very interesting witnesses, the first of which was an inmate from the jail where um, David was being held, and David had basically confessed to um, this inmate to killing, he confessed to killing Kimberly and being present while his friend killed the Wilsons. Mm-hmm. Um, he never mentioned his friend, really. Um, a friend from the outside, so that was that wasn't Alex, also someone else, told the jury that David had actually invited him to come join them in, in the murder. Oh my god! Yeah, I'd be like, uh, I I have to go home. And he didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Before that happened. Yeah. Guilt, but uh, if if someone comes to me and be like, you want to come murder someone tonight? I'd be like, I actually have to yeah. organize my pots and pans based on their. I don't yeah, know, same. like aluminum count or some shit like I'm that. I'm busy. Yeah. I need to count yeah. the grade count in my sheets. Yeah, yeah. I had to read, yeah, I'd be like, dude, I'm not doing that. Um, and he, David even had offered this guy to like show him all the weapons that they were going to use. Um, and he actually did show him all the weapons that he was going to use. He was and like, I can't look at this. He didn't tell anyone. Yeah, no, yeah. he was just like, he was like, okay, I'm not going to go. Well, he's like, I'm busy, I have to work or some shit. But David basically told this guy that, um, quote, we're going to take the Wilsons out. Which I think he had planned to kill all four of them, not yeah, just... Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm. So then they called upon, I'm going to call her ex-girlfriend number one. So David was, she was like, David has been obsessed with knives ever, ever since I met him. And he told me several times that a baseball bat would make a good weapon. He's like, you know what? Baseball bat would make a good weapon. So it's not looking good for him. Yeah. No. Just imagine you're just having a conversation. Yeah, imagine like cuddling, watching a movie, and you're like, Yeah, I don't. That's not my pillow weapon. talk to talk yeah. about what would make good weapons. Yeah. Like, I could kill someone with a baseball bat. Yeah, I don't talk about that <laughs> with people. I'd be like, It's like, question, do you have a baseball bat, man? Yeah. I'd be like, What? <laughs> what does your knife collection look like? Yeah. Um, I don't have one. <laughs> I'd be like, Do you want to see my flowers? <laughs> she also said that David was always wearing a combat knife, under, combat knife underneath his clothes in, like, a sheath, so he's ready to go at any moment. <laughs> yeah. And ex-girlfriend number two, who's actually his, like, high school sweetheart, was, like, David's normal. Like, he's, like, I I like knives. I like knives. She was, she said yeah. that? Yeah. And she was, like, we would often go to knife merch stores together. I have, like, dates. May, that is why okay. they are soulmates. Yeah. <laughs> I was, or like, high school sweethearts or whatever you said. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah. And a forensic scientist even reported that there were over like a hundred bloody shoe prints in the house. Granted, she wasn't able to determine who they belonged to, but nonetheless, they belonged to different two different people. So, oh, yeah. So the conviction. You guys want to guess? I don't want to know. Please tell me he was convicted. Nope, hung jury. <gasps> Are you kidding me? So, because it, thankfully it was a hung jury because one juror was against conviction. So, I think it's like it has to be a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. So, there has to be another trial. Oh my goodness. But at the second trial, um, it went super smoothly. David did fire his lawyers though, um, but the new trial fo- like unfolded like exactly the same as the old one. So, he defended himself? Uh, no, he had new or lawyers. Or he didn't, new yeah. Um, there was just one big difference. These lawyers were like, okay, okay. Some, they know someone else was there. They have the evidence. 
but it was not you. Right? So, they were, so David was like, yes, okay, fine. Two people were there, but it was not me. So they, they just had a different way of going yeah. about it. Okay. Yeah. But after only six hours, he was determined to be guilty, and he was given four consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. And David was, like, completely expressionless while his parents, like, wept. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that is the Bellevue murders, and um, let's just say I just if you have a friend who talks about murdering people, be like Dude, exactly. Be like, you know, you let okay? someone know. Yeah, because let someone know. Yeah. that kind of behavior isn't normal. And um, if maybe if someone if that friend had let the authorities know, yeah. they these this family would still be alive. I just think like I just think like it's kind of come to me and been like if someone like kind of close to me come to me and been like, do you want to come with me tonight? Like instead of instead of like hanging out, do you want to go like murder someone? I'd be like like. Murder. You know, that would kind of raise a red flag. Date activity? Yeah. I'd be like, uh, I can't. (laughs) Not today. Yeah. Brain check? So, what do you guys think about this case? Like, what was the biggest thing that stood out to you? Um, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was how much Alex defended David. Um. Oh, yeah. And tried to keep his name in the clear, even though... Like, I don't know, if I'm going down, you're going down with me, Tyra. Like, I'm, okay. I'm not even okay, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was really interesting for me. I think, I think to um, Alex's trial, it was made obvious that just, he just wasn't normal. And I think that especially kind of became clear when Alex was like, was like, he just had wanted to protect David. He never called out David. He was like, there was another guy, but it was not yeah. him. He never said his name. Yeah. What surprised me was just like that sick desire I yeah, to, like he was some, in like, a rut, right? David oh, yeah. seemed to have some kind of motive. Yeah, yeah. Alex, yeah, pure desire to like well, take someone's life, or it was just to please David. You know? Yeah, we'll never know because we'll never know. But he was still. having like a good day. Like he just got a raise at work. Like his boss was like, "You're super cool." And then I, I don't know. If, okay, I'll be honest with you guys. But they had a kill list. Yeah, they had a kill list. But like, who has that? I mean, David texted him and was like, we're going to take them out tonight. And so then they were like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, those are psych, like, what are they called? Psychopaths? Like, of the world. Yeah. Because that are not mentally there. There. Yeah. Or at least as mentally there as we, as the standards we have. Okay, you guys, thank you for listening. This was Two Girls in Caution Tape. Although, today was Three Girls in Caution Tape. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, a little, have fun in Washington. Thank you. I'll, Be careful. I'll watch out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Two Girls in Caution Tape or follow us on Twitter at Two Girls in Caution Tape. You know what to do. Like our posts, comment, whatever you want. DM us, give us recommendations. And you know what? Just don't make a hit list. Just don't do it. If you're yeah. mad at someone... Try to talk it out. Just, talk it out. Talk and it if out. you don't want to talk it out, just, no, just chill. Go on a run. Well, that kind of sucks too, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what can you do? Anyways. Deuces. <laughs>